0: Life's but a song, so you can sing along with my special guest star to two. two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Yeah. Song, yeah. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song.
1: Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh my goodness. Hello. I, you might want to restart that. I'm so sorry. I couldn't hold it. I should have just muted. That uh, let's go, let's go to good Keep start. going.
0: Keep going. Uh,
1: I'm going to dig it deeper.
0: Back to what? Are you okay, There. I'm good. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. What the- hey. <laughs> Derek. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But A Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today, special guest, is a New York City-based actor who made me watch this movie after not seeing it ever. Um, He's also on Instagram at Sommelier, where he pairs wines with regular foods, I'm assuming. I don't know. Fast food. Fast food, yes, everyone. It's Derek Speedy, real name, by the way. (laughs) Believe it or not, yeah, Derek Speedy. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I had a (laughs) bit of a coffee, (laughs)
1: coffee fit. Still going. It's very dry. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a it's a bad day to do this, but we're still doing it because we're doing it great. Because here we are. What else is there to do? Why did you pick this movie?
1: oh come on you know me better than that all the
0: movies you picked the spongebob squarepants movie from 2004
1: absolutely what am i gonna choose the spongebob squarepants movie from 2020 please sponge out of water no
0: it's it should be noted that Derek Speedy is also wearing a spongebob shirt it's his it's spongebob's face is it only his face or do you have the it's only his eyes his
1: smile and a couple of his uh... They're not blow holes. holes? Are they? They're
0: just sponge holes. Just holes. Holes. Yeah, holes. I don't understand his anatomy. I never understand their anatomy on the on the show. I es-
1: especially in this movie too. When you when you see them as you know when they're in Shelf City as the, their actual real life animate <laughs> or inanimate
0: inanimate. In- inanimate objects. Where huh. um, <laughs> so the SpongeBob SquarePants movie was i hate you for making (laughs) me i watched this movie twice by the way i didn't even watch it twice i because the first time i was just like i need to just experience and then the second time i was like all right now it's time to like actually pay attention for this podcast
1: well here's the thing spongebob wasn't a thing
0: like you know was it was it like a staple of your childhood no right my personal childhood you mean or like my generation or even generational my generation, yes. yes My okay. personal childhood, no.
1: Um oh, I'm so sorry for for the way, the way that you've you've grown up then.
0: Wow. What a, I'm oh. I mm, was this around the same time as Avatar?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Very that's was, um so you're uh, much more mature very quickly and ready well, for adult stories.
0: Yeah, and like um I think it was also the around the same time as Hey Arnold and I mean, I did watch Cat Dog and other shows like See, that. See, like CatDog, uh, Rocco's Modern Life, uh, yeah. Animaniacs. I would put that
1: before this. So I would say, like, I think I hit the sweet spot. I think I really hit the
0: sweet spot of SpongeBob.
1: Although, I don't yeah. know, what, 99? 99, 99 was when it first started? May 1st,
0: 1999 was the first episode. Okay, and- yeah,
1: maybe not. I don't know, maybe. It's just, it's crazy how much SpongeBob became kind of like, like the tv show at first um mm-hmm. and fun fact I actually did not like this movie when it came out in 2004 <laughs> and I loved Spongebob the tv show I loved it I'm, I was gonna wear I have a hat that's called says Fort Squidward on it mm-hmm. because I used to go on vacation with like adopted families. you know I called them my cousins my aunt my uncle
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um it was us it was me and like five other kids and we started Fort Squidward we started like we all had like our code names were all Spongebob characters me and my cousins we can't hang out without quoting Spongebob um in college like people like anytime Spongebob came up in conversation they're like oh yeah what does Derek have to say about I don't know it just like became kind of synonymous with me in some way I don't know if it's because I have a high resonant voice or uh, well, just because I love it so much.
0: Did you actually like the show? as Like, did you watch the show religiously as a kid? Or Loved was it. it, and the movies, like this movie and the other later ones? Yep, your background is SpongeBob saying poop. Okay.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's SpongeBob shrugging going, poop? And that's from, I believe the inaugural episode, the pilot episode, where it's the SpongeBob, SquarePants, the, cra- the ooh, Krusty Krab training video. And uh, what does poop stand for? People order our patties so that you know that's how deep it goes that's how deep it, i need a constant reminder uh every single time i look at my phone
0: well this movie <laughs> this movie was written by the screenplay was by Derek dryman steven hellenberg who he's the creator right Stephen hellenberg of yes. everything um tim hill kent osborne aaron springer and paul Tibbet story by steven hellenberg based on his series blah 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 directed by steven hillenberg and mark osborne so you can even pretend to be excited about this or no and according to imdb <laughs> spongebob squarepants takes leave from the town of bikini bottom in order to track down king neptune's stolen crown Ooh. No.
1: as played by jeffrey tambor
0: imdb also forgot about plankton trying to take over but whatever that does not you problem. know whatever I really liked Jeffrey Tambor. I'm not going to lie to you. He, yeah. It was great was, with the
1: thinning hair. It's thinning.
0: I'm not bald. Being extra, just being extra Jeffrey Tambor and then Scarlett Johansson as Mindy. It's like, so underutilized though. I've watched maybe the first season. I, I know like the fun song and the Crusted Crab pizza song and all that. But like I read that Mindy comes back later in the series, and King Neptune was a different design entirely. Yeah,
1: it it was originally. I think it was. um, I forget. I forget what the. But basically, they have they have a fry cook competition. Him and SpongeBob, and it's become a big meme now. Where it's like you know, King Neptune makes all these
0: like giant pyramid of
1: burgers, and then SpongeBob makes the one little tiny one, but it's perfect. So I, I
0: remember that episode now i'm so old you want to know how old i am i was 16 working at a movie theater when this movie came out and you want to know how old you were you were my camp counselor not your counselor but i was not your camp counselor you were not my camp counselor do not lie on i my would not i would not put you that. in that yeah do not <laughs> slander me good sir <laughs> um but watching this movie and obviously subsequently thinking about what to talk about on this podcast. I was very surprised at like the lack of song in the sh- in this movie, because it kind of makes itself out to be very musical with everything. Do you uh, agree, disagree? Am I wrong in saying that? No,
1: I think you're totally right. I think that was <laughs> when I, when I rewatched, I was like, huh. Ah maybe I shouldn't have chosen this for just the, the, the songs, the, the, the music itself. I guess the question is, yeah. Like, you know, is this, is this um, billing itself is kind of like, you know, in some ways like a musical movie, a mu- movie that's going to have a lot of music in it.
0: This version that is out now, this, I wouldn't call a musical at all. Cause no. really the goofy goober song is sung like throughout the entire movie. And that's the, besides the theme and now that we're men that's it there's no and really goofy others. goober rock well that's still i'd still count that as the, a goofy goober style song it's
1: funny i think that the reason that this came into my head though is like the as the movie that i wanted to talk about within this concept yeah. was that i think music is so integral to this show and beyond that maybe not just music but Sound is kind of a dumb way to say it, and it's not, Foley's the wrong word, but, you know, all the squeaking of the boots every time somebody's walking, or every time somebody touches something, there's a sound effect, there's, there's so much specific sound in this, and something I think I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit, too, is the the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, the fact that they had a sound technician, sound artist live, basically... When Ethan Slater would walk as SpongeBob, they would play like that boot squeaking noise that you
0: hear. Yeah,
1: so I I think there's something.
0: Sorry, I didn't see the the musical. I'm not gonna lie to you. I did see. I did see video clips and everything. And I will say on record, and I know I've said this elsewhere, but now it's forever out in the universe. I loved how they took the look of the show and made it onto people without it being, like, mascot costumes. Mm, mm-hmm. For example, Sandy. They gave the woman an afro to play the part of the helmet yeah. without actually giving her a helmet. Absolutely. I mean, things like that. Patrick's wig was kind of cool, and the only one that was a little clunky was Mr. Krabs. But, With, like, yeah. the
1: Hulk hands?
0: Yeah, I just don't know how else you would have done it, though, unless it was, like just gloves and no claw and again i kind
1: of think a little bit more about just sometimes randomly like if i start singing like f is for friends you do stuff together everyone knows everyone like you know of our generation knows it yeah the campfire song the the song the whole the whole meme that came out of the um the super bowl when maroon 5 said they were gonna sing that the song that they sing when uh, in the Band Geeks episode when they sing Sweet Victory. Like, Which
0: there was a whole campfire song remind me?
1: C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G song. And if you can't sing it faster than, if you don't think that we can sing it faster, than, you're wrong. It'll help if you just sing along. Do, do, do. C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G. So <laughs> okay,
0: just- that may have been a little later when I didn't watch it. But, like, I remember the, the Krusty Krab Pizza and all the different iterations mm-hmm. that he would do in that one song scene if you want to call, or montage i guess you, it would be yeah. a better word for it i do remember the ripped pants song yeah the and best then, day ever was another one okay was best day ever first in the movie or in the show it was i was fir- a little confused it was first in the show it was never in the
1: movie actually
0: at the very end in the credits
1: in the credits okay
0: um I still kind of ca- like they kind of count but at the same time it doesn't you know because obviously it's not during the action of the movie
1: I remember watching the episode where they're like, this is the SpongeBob special best day ever episode. And when they were like really like pitching it with that song in the commercials. So it was like for a specific episode and it became like a big thing. I hated that episode. I think for the same reason that I was like, I hated the Goofy Goober song. However, I think both of them have a really beautiful redemption arc. And I think they both do it in a similar manner. The songs you mean have a redemption arc? Not not self-contained, but in the way that they use the song.
0: Oh yeah, where he comes back at the end and it's all like it's I want to rock, but the Goofy Goober song.
1: Yes, first of all, that is brilliant. And when he's hanging dressed like a Jimi Hendrix in the wizard outfit, I just think is I think is I don't know why, but I always think that's one of the funniest things. But even before that, when they're in Shell City, which we find out is just a uh,
0: yeah, I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, when they go to the uh, Trinket Store, which I'm assuming is in Florida. I'm just going to assume it has to be. Has it, to be. Ha- <laughs> Either that or like some little run downtown in California. Like one yeah. or the other. You can't yeah. you, nowhere else. Just one of those two. Well, I mean,
1: of course, David Hasselhoff is there so maybe it is California (laughs) Um, but no but so yeah when they're when they're frying under the lamp and it's really I mean this is before Toy Story 3 but a real Toy Story 3 moment where you think that your main characters are like kind of dying and it's it's, as like a kid it's it's pretty sad and they sing the song like through gasping breath and it's you know and honestly like even at 25 years old I watched it and I was kind of like this is this was a strong choice and like very effective. And I equate that to the the same thing is like, I hated the best day ever song. I think it's just so loud and bright and in such a major key. And it's just uh, awful. But in the musical, it comes as the 11 o'clock number where they try to stop a volcano from blowing up and destroying Bikini Bottom. And instead they, they, they don't think they've done it and uh you know there's five more minutes left before this volcano is supposed to explode and he sings to everybody he says you know it still could be the best day ever and everyone starts singing even though they all think they're gonna die and like I actually do think that this show wasn't afraid to go there as the show and as the movie in that particular case And I think that was what appealed to me you know as a kid is that it could be so goofy but there were some weird moments of like of course adult humor but then also
0: like it got a little dark at points i wrote down like who exactly is this movie for feels like it starts for kids for children and then it ends for like young adults adults especially when you get to that scene in shell city it i'm just sitting there like if children are in weeping right now along with the adults i don't know who this movie is for anymore yeah and
1: it's funny it's like i think that's Part of the reason I didn't like this movie, like as a kid in 2004, it was like there was something associated with it that kind of made me a little sad. I just like, and I think it was that scene. And there's also, um, I think, I think the uh, the old lady who serves them ice cream kind of creeped me out
0: too. That scene is bonkers. Yeah, and then the cat comes in, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs>
1: And also watching the beginning of this too, like in the first five minutes, there's like a bunch of butts and nudity happening. I thought that was, I forgot how much that, that's associated
0: with. Yeah, SpongeBob. i wrote I wrote, a, I wrote that down too. What's with the obsession? What's with the obsession with butts? Like even if we go far back to the ripped pants song, mm-hmm. uh, you see some SpongeBob booty.
1: Yeah, SpongeBob you see a lot of booty and fun booty.
0: And I'm just sitting here just, like, wondering if a lot of the animators worked on Ren and Stimpy or not. <laughs> I checked, I tried to do a cross-check with, like, the creators of Ren and Stimpy to see if they worked on Spongebob, and I couldn't see anything like that. But a lot of the animation in this movie, and if memory serves in some of the Spongebob episodes, goes a little Ren and Stimpy for my remembrance. Am I Do you know what I mean when I say that yeah it gets there it gets there for sure I didn't watch you watch Ren and Stimpy I'm I'm
1: trying I think I think I know you're saying kind of just like the like you know I
0: I never watched Ren and Stimpy but I know like I remember seeing commercials and clips and things like that um over time loud
1: and you know sometimes violent and just like right
0: and then like the punchline would be an extreme close up and it'd be all gross and disgusting of like somebody's mouth or something. Like they they use that, Nick Nickelodeon used that in basically all of their cartoons after Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Um and ooh, no Ren and Stimpy probably did it first and then Rocco's modern life like whew Tweet Man, it. that what a can I curse on this show? Fuck yes. What a <laughs> fucked up show
1: Rocko's Modern Life is. Followed very closely by Courage
0: the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Yep. Cartoons, man. They're so fucking weird. So fucking weird. But
1: <laughs> I think, I'm trying to think, was this Nickelodeon's first big, you know, taking a cartoon and turning it into a movie?
0: No no there was the wild thornberries movie around the same time okay um i don't remember when hey arnold came out oh the hey arnold
1: movie great film
0: they had great piece of cinema there was a bunch of other rugrats movie i think the rugrats both rugrats movies happened Mm -hmm. before this one or at least the first one did yeah rugrats in paris way better let's be
1: clear Although speaking of music and movies, the uh, ooh e ooh ah, ah bang one one bing bang. Uh-huh. That scene in the Rugrats movie when they're like in the abandoned train car and the monkeys are like taking dill pickles away. That that fucked me up as a kid for sure. Um, no, but I think it's funny because I was I was reading and St- Steven Hillenburg. They were talking about how they never really wanted to do a movie, and this came after the third season, I believe. And at times, Steven Hillenburg thought that this might be the end of the show. They thought that they reached the peak of like what they were doing on TV. And they also thought that you know, like, if we're going to make a movie, we'll just make a movie and what we'll call it. Um, and he gave it over to Paul Tidbit, is that his name? <laughs> Tidbit's not the right name. Tidbit? Tidbit. I thought that was interesting. And I thought, again, I believe in the first episode is the Krusty Krab training video, or at least when SpongeBob is applying to get the job to be a fry cook. And so to have the start of this film be about trying to become manager, I thought was a very interesting choice. Ooh. And um, and even just going back to, you know, like the beginning of the show, one of the first things we hear out of SpongeBob's mouth is, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And there's like, even though it's not a song, there's something very musical to it. And it's, maybe it speaks to kids or what it is, but I think that there's something in that where again there's so much built into the soundscape and the musicality of this world that it makes sense to me that this movie had to have at least a couple songs even if it's not a musical movie it had to have songs otherwise it wouldn't have been a spongebob movie
0: but it felt like it needed more like it it was calling for more in my watching mind. it again i felt the same way for sure. where they were setting up moments i mean another m- memory that i have from the show is when they go jellyfishing and the jellyfish jam is it is it that one where it's the high pitched uh like the falsetto male singer Let's give him a i don't recall this oh, damn it
1: i wish i had that <laughs> But I think that's the, that is the funny thing about this, too, is that, you know, in the episodes, you'd watch an episode, and all of a sudden there'd be, like, either a musical number or a musical moment that would come out. Um, <laughs> and, you, like, it, it didn't seem to make sense. But, you know, as a kid, like, it, it made perfect sense. And then, again, it's these things that became ingrained in my head. that Like, that episode where he tries to befriend Plankton and sings the fun song. Like, that didn't need a song. No, it didn't. But it became iconic. The uh, Santa's come in tonight, tonight. Santa's coming tonight. That's like what they would sing. That they sang that. And I think they had another musical number in the Christmas episode. And because it's like this special episode, similar to Best Day Ever, it must have a song. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense as like a Spongebob special episode for some reason. I think there's just something so tied to it that also makes sense why it became a musical. And there's something so sporadic about the kind of music that comes out of this. Like The Jellyfish Jam is like house music sandy sings like a song about loving texas that's like a sad country dive bar ballad <laughs> and that's how I, th- I think that it's so funny and this is kind of a tangent obviously but in the musical what they ended up doing was they hired a bunch of different musical acts artists bands to write different songs so panic at the disco wrote the i want song um i believe stephen tyler wrote a song lady a wrote a song it was just like i think bowie wrote a song well yeah and so you,
0: even in this movie they uh d smith gave them permission obviously to do i want to rock <laughs> motorhead wrote a song that's on the album the shins are the on, shins, the sound, yeah. on the soundtrack the flaming lips like <laughs> the um, flaming
1: lips wrote a song for the
0: musical So sorry I went silent for a while there and let you ramble on. The song I was looking for was Living in the Sunlight, Loving in the Moonlight by Tiny Tim. According to the Spongebob in Wikipedia, it's in the very first episode. Now, I'm going to play it for you, but I'm going to have to cut it out because I don't want to pay royalties for it. Yeah. Yeah. So like going back, I don't remember what we were saying, but like, I agree with you. Music and sounds were a very big deal, especially from that one. Like that Tiny Tim song is quintessential SpongeBob for me, anyway, and probably a, a ton of other SpongeBob fanatics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that again, like I never would have thought of that as a song. I just thought of it was like, oh, that's part of the SpongeBob. Sponge SpongeBob. That's that's a new. Yeah, is it a SpongeBob or not? It, that's a very- it's a SpongeBob. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even say what instrument it is, but like the, you know what I'm saying? Like ukulele. He's it's not
0: ukulele. He's playing like, ukulele. Tony Tim used to play ukulele. That's all I think. But there's
1: all like. ukulele all through this. There's like um, steel drum all through this, like throughout the whole series.
0: I feel like How- theremin may have been used every once in a while. Oh, of course. Um, you need a good theremin. Oh, who doesn't love a good theremin? To get on the musical, let's talk a little bit more about that because. You are obviously more knowledgeable uh, than I am. From what I read on the Wikipedia, which is always my source of so my go-to, so grain of salt, it seemed like they took elements from both the TV show and this movie, and potentially the other movies. Maybe I don't know uh, to create an original story. Is that would you say that's true?
1: Yeah, I would say that's really true. And I think, you know, Tina Landau was, I actually auditioned for the the tour of this for the role of SpongeBob, uh, which was like kind of a dream come true. Uh, and I got to meet Tina Landau and she's just, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, the way that they used like pool noodles as kelp on the, that's so- or as coral on the, on the set. Um, and the way that they reimagine these characters, um, we were talking before about, you know, the idea that it wasn't yeah. a mascot.
0: How did know? they do Pearl? I didn't
1: see that one. She was in like high top platform
0: shoes that were, seemed really clunky. That made like, her made her taller than everyone, or
1: not necessarily taller than everyone, but like just it gave her some more presence. And like they, again, the shoes were like really large and clunky. And then she also had the most insane voice that like she seemed like kind of bigger than life than anyone else out there, which was kind of, I think, a, a cool,
0: a cool choice. I was a little disappointed because I, I, if I remember correctly at the Tonys, it was only like a Squidward song.
1: Oh, his was tap like, number?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, as cool as this is and like very interesting, you want to, don't you want to show off everyone? Like, yeah. And this was a really big
1: en- ensemble show. I mean, because they were trying to build the world of Spongebob. And so they they, they showed, like, you know, Perch Perkins, who's the, the newscaster. He's a character in the show.
0: Right. Uh, Karen, Mrs. who's the computer. Mrs. Puff, uh, mm-hmm. the driving instructor. Which, okay, now we're circling back to the movie. A big theme of the movie was, like, Spongebob needs to grow up, as well as Patrick. They kept calling them kids. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like uh, since, like, episode one, it's established that he's a young adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, in human years, obviously, that's... We're doing a little something different right now. In human years, I would assume that he was, like, maybe your age right now.
1: Yeah, I would say maybe, like, 22.
0: 22 to 25, both of them. Yeah. But, like, he called kid and stuff. Like, the way that they were down-talking them, I was like... Wait, is he supposed to be like 17 instead?
1: That that is and that seems to be the big theme, you know, like they, they're very very gendered in this, but like am I a boy or am I a man? Right, yes. Um yeah, no, and I mean I think it's kind of a little bit of the Bart Simpson anomaly where Bart and Lisa and and Maggie are, you know, the same three, age. 3, 8 and 12 for the last 20 years. I'm not that I don't know this, but you do see SpongeBob's license and it tells you what year he was born.
0: That's the only schooling that you see him do. You don't see him go to high school really until. Isn't there a new series now out where it's younger SpongeBob? Oh, I hope not. I could have sworn I saw that. I could also be lying to you right now.
1: I'm a diehard up till season five and then falls
0: off. Yeah, because I saw that they have episodes like f- until October 22nd, 2020 which is crazy
1: again though they thought that this was going to be you know the peak of the show the end of the show and they've gone for
0: another 16 years 13 seasons that's insane 13 seasons i don't know what they're saying like what they have left to say in terms of Exactly story. yeah and like, i guess
1: you know what what you know what are they saying with this movie even
0: i did read though that this movie was the 29th highest grossing film in 2004 i i'm gonna assume that's good i don't know how however how many movies came out in 2004 it followed
1: national treasure it was the sec it was the second in the box office opening weekend behind national treasure
0: like i said i was working in a movie theater when this came out and this movie came out around the same time as the grudge and saw oh wow (laughs) what a triple feature that would be I worked at a uh, one of those smaller independent movie theaters that we only had eight screens. Mm. So it was like Saw was on two of them. SpongeBob was on two of them. <laughs> the Grudge, I think, was on one. It was just so... I remember seeing Friends coming in there and a lot of stoners. <laughs> For both movies, right? For bo- all of those movies. <laughs> Did you recognize The Usher? No uh so she went on to play the librarian in the in the sci-fi show the magicians
1: oh a show that i have been told to watch many many times
0: okay so you've never seen it so i can't really chastise you that much but but i was watching i was watching the movie and i was just like i know this voice (laughs) and you had to look it up all those pirates by the way they have their own name. (laughs) <laughs> like salty the pirate, mustache the pirate, mustachy the pirate, things like that. They so have this is own... sorry. <laughs> it's so wild going on IMDb. Look, scrolling through because you're just like all these pirates have their own name, and then Usher. <laughs> but
1: then why wasn't Patchy the
0: pirate in it? Isn't Patchy supposed to be the captain? I thought so,
1: Patchy's but but it wasn't Patchy. Because Patchy is usually played by Tom Kenny, who voices Spongebob. And so, and he like, again, anytime there's a big Spongebob special episode, it usually starts with like Patchy the Pirate and his parrot, like talking and like Patchy the Pirate is Spongebob's biggest fan. Like that's how they opened the Broadway show, act one and act two. And I, it was, it, it was really weird to me. And I actually, I loved the, the, the opening theme song as sung as a sea shanty. Um, (laughs) although the Avril Lavigne version of the soundtrack may be better.
0: I haven't listened to the Avril Lavigne one. I think I should though. I think, I think you have to, I think you have to (laughs) treat yourself after this. How did you feel though about the live action moments that had nothing really to do with SpongeBob? So like I forgive David Hasselhoff and the deep sea diver. I, I will accept those live action moments but the pirates in the theater and like the beginning, the break at the climax and at the very end of the movie, would you say it was needed? Did you like it personally being a diehard fan?
1: I think it's canon. I think it's canon for sure. I mean, felt, I mean I, again, I do think that maybe it felt a little more out of place because it wasn't anybody we'd seen before again like patchy the pirate was something that similar to you know there's going to be music because it's a special spongebob episode or occasion um there's going to be a big song that's going to be in there so like i would have expected patchy and that was kind of weird that i didn't see that it's these random pirates that we'd never seen before but that idea of like pirates love spongebob has been established I i wonder if it was an afterthought because I wonder if, you know, again, Toy Story 3 hadn't come out yet. People weren't ready to get that uh, incinerator scene moment and break their hearts. Then I do think having them cut away at the climax to the pirates in the movie theater cuts the tension of what really could have been kind of upsetting for young kids to be like, mm. oh, I'm supposed to laugh at this. I don't know why, but I'm supposed to laugh at this.
0: Everything must be okay. And then there's the day of Sex Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the (laughs) tear the goo the what's what's the name goofy goober tear i think that's what they called it the tear of the goofy goobers yeah the one thing though that i didn't i just didn't understand the deep sea divers motivation like i get it that he wants to make tchotchkes tchotchkes but why does he have to laugh in an evil maniacal laugh and also who is it is it Plankton?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I didn't think about that. The one eye, the one eyed villain. I'm also just making it up. I know I'm, you are, but I I, think there's something there. At first I thought that like the first time watching it, I thought that was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Cause like I saw it IMDB, he was in it playing himself. So I was like, okay, well we're now in live action and David Hasselhoff hasn't showed up yet. So clearly this deep sea diver is David Hasselhoff and he's going to take the helmet off and we're going to see him and all of his gloriousness. And I was very wrong. (laughs) I went to Shell City. I found the
1: crown. I rode the Hasselhoff. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then when his pecs come open and before he shoots him down, Patrick just goes, the control.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Patrick had a lot of interesting moments in this i wonder where where you're going with this Hmm. he had moments of i for lack of a better term clarity uh is that a thing that's also in the series or is that just for this movie another famous patrick line is
1: the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma that happens in the in the the series so yeah there's these moments of clarity and
0: yeah Uh, of him being serious (laughs) and everything yeah
1: <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go a little towards his aggressive crush on Mindy, as played oh, by. Oh yes, uh,
0: yes, there was that. I did write that down. Where uh, does he show affection for anyone else besides Mindy? It's funny. I think all these characters, except for
1: Mr. Krabs and Mrs. Puff, go on a date together at one point. But I think you know all these characters are pretty billed as asexual. But also there, there was some people were up in arms about. Um, during pride last year there was a picture of spongebob holding a pride flag (laughs) there it is that was a little out of character to kind of see patrick be like fawning over
0: a character she's voiced by scarlett johansson so like it just goes with the rest of her career
1: (laughs) so here's the question did this uh do you think this was her in for voiceover for the movie her no i think spike jones saw this and was like got it she's got the voice
0: no because wait was her before or after jungle book
1: the live action quote-unquote one
0: yes her was
1: before i believe
0: okay because i was gonna say if i would have assumed it was her it was the jungle book because scarlett johansson playing ka was like a very interesting choice and i was not mad about it I feel like this movie, she was still kind of young, or she was at least playing young. Yeah. Because you gotta remember, she was a kid actor. She's not that old. She could have been like in her early 20s at this point, so I don't know if that was what got her into that, but... I don't know. Maybe it was, as I like to say about when I work, a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig. So. <laughs> and I'm sure that Nickelodeon money didn't hurt. The Nickelodeon money did not hurt, nor did that sweet, sweet Disney Marvel money. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Derek, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Yeah, I do
1: think just looking at like the the way the role music plays in this movie. I was trying to think about that a little bit. Again, you know, we have that, uh, the multiple reprises of goofy, goofy uh, Goofy Goober. And I think, and that's definitely in the beginning predominantly. And we have the majority of, you know, that coming up and up again to highlight the fact that Patrick and SpongeBob are as ascribed kids. That's when they sing that it seems to be affirming everyone else's belief about them that they are just kids singing this song. You know, when they're in the bar, the the head bartender sings the Goofy Goober song to find out who the bubble blowing babies are. So there's something about that song that's supposed to be like, if you like that song, if you sing that song, you're identified, you know, as a bubble blowing baby or as a kid. And then the next time they have a song is now that we're men and that's supposed to be like kind of like almost a little bit toxic masculinity or just this you know maybe a A kid's idea a little this overall idea of like again this this kid man debate and maybe going the other end of that battle of being like i'm not just a goofy goober i'm a man and then the third song is goofy goober rock which is kind of just this other inane thing. And it is the, you know, maybe I guess 11 o'clock number, the thing that saves the day that it, it does. I do think it transforms that idea of like, I can still be a kid, but still save the day. And step up and do an adult thing.
0: It's so wild. (laughs) The Goofy (laughs)
1: Goober Rock. It's, and there's a lot of great references, especially Jimi Hendrix, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, I, I keep trying to figure out what Patrick is referencing. I get it that he's supposed to be like the '80s vixen
1: with the Nile, the the fishnets,
0: yeah, and the the the, the high heel. the high the high leather boots, and all that. <laughs> but I I was just watching it and I was like, is this the "I Want to Rock" video? Because I haven't seen that in a while. But I doubt it's just that. I feel like they're referencing. They're making more more and more references than they can true (laughs) as many as they can
1: (laughs) to keep the adults who (laughs) their whose kids made them come see this movie at least somewhat entertained
0: oh yeah and i only thought that like the fairly odd parents timmy turner yeah i felt like that show balanced more the humor for the kids and the adults where it was something wacky happening, but if you actually listen to what the joke was, the adults one will get it.
1: See, my parents hated whenever I watched Fairly Odd Parents. It was always on in the morning before I went to school, so I was having cereal, and I had a Fairly Odd Parents on in the morning, and they hated it. They've told me that they never minded Spongebob. Interesting. They, they felt Spongebob was a lot like Pee Wee Herman. Like, they loved Pee Wee Herman whenever I watched that as a kid, because they thought that there were a lot of adult well-crafted witty jokes
0: okay i could buy that
1: <laughs> you disagree but that's I
0: okay. can, well i mean i haven't seen all of it so i can't really argue and i don't even remember the last time i watched it so kind of
1: do yourself a favor and watch some more spongebob come on John.
0: please no please don't make me <laughs> i watched this movie twice for you doesn't that show my love and affection to you <laughs> i appreciate it it does Thanks, D-Speeds. Okay, let's get into sharp <laughs> and flat, shall we? Absolutely. Sharp. Flat. In this segment, we're going to highlight some moments, some more moments, or the ones that we've already talked about, uh, and if we liked it, it's sharp, and if we didn't like it, it's flat. D-Speeds, what were your sharps? Is I know I... you're going to say the whole movie, and you can't. No, I'm not going to say the whole movie, it's...
1: Again, I think I was pleasantly surprised actually how much more I liked this movie as an adult than I did as a kid. I thought, you know, the idea of like kind of a buddy comedy road trip and there, I was reading a little bit about this. They said like, you know, we didn't know what kind of movie want, we wanted to make that we couldn't say in just an episode. And the idea of a road trip couldn't work short form; they needed it long form. And I liked seeing that. And I liked, you know, they left Bikini Bottom, and you got to see these two characters, specifically SpongeBob and Patrick, try to, you know, make it in the real world. I, I thought, I thought what they were trying to approach with the idea of, you know, maturity. I thought, I thought they did it well. And I just thought that there's, there's a lot more iconic. Um, jokes from the SpongeBob canon that I forgot came from the movie that I just I thought that they were I keep saying the word canon, but I, I just laughed a lot more even at 25 years old than I expected to. And I thought I thought that I that was a really nice
0: surprise. <laughs> I wrote down the extraness of King Neptune, because I mean, obviously. <laughs> I did like Plankton's slow burn reveal of his plan. Um, plan Z plan said yes (laughs) like you have these random things happening and then you realize oh no all this randomness is his order and chaos like he's just like we got the krabby patties and you get a free bucket to wear as a hat and then you find out that that bucket is like a mind control device and everything and then there's one for king neptune who is perfectly placed in crusty in the krabby pat Krusty Crab, 2, whatever the restaurant's name is. I I didn't just watch this like two minutes before we started recording, no.
1: It's okay, I watched it at work today.
0: <laughs> I also liked SpongeBob and Patrick's, I called them the savior deaths because that's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, okay, it's very detailed. It's, it's in the very beginning when... Squidward Squidward is named manager, and Spongebob goes up to the podium. You know what I'm talking about?
1: You, mm-hmm, that?
0: Mm-hmm. you clearly hear Mr. Krabs call him a jackass.
1: Yes, I heard that too for the first time. Because I'm embarrassing myself in front of everybody, and he says, No, you're being a jackass. Like I heard I totally am with you. I heard that too. You just hear I'm another
0: jackass. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs>
1: And I think, again, for this podcast, the use of music, I, I, for the reasons I said right before this, I do think that there was a smart attempt, maybe not fully successful, but to use the music to highlight certain moments in the story they were telling about, you know, maturity and adulthood, or, you know, what can you do even if you're just a kid, quote unquote. Um, But the way that they use music, again, these musical type moments of, I'm ready, Prom- i'm ready promotion i'm ready promotion yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it comes back up i'm ready depression, depression.
0: I'm re- and then i tried to look it up as best as i could during the bubble sequence that's a Jacques offenbach song that they used <laughs> if you listen to it very carefully it does sound like the pitch uh, spectacular spectacular from moulin rouge oh i'm gonna go back and listen to that if not, it's Jacques Offenbach's Can Can. Um, okay. Uh-huh. But it, uh-huh. it does sound like. Yes. And I, I don't know the real name of that song. I think it's The Can Can, but it's definitely what they use in Moulin Rouge. And I was just like, I know. Again, I was like, I know this.
1: <laughs> I feel like there's things like that throughout the whole series, though, where it's like, Oh, I learned kind of, like, what the can-can was because of things like that. Like, there's just little things that, like, were a little more adult or culturally outside of, you know, an eight-year-old's brain. But, like, I understood that, like, this is something that I'm
0: supposed to get.
1: I don't know. I I think that 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 show did that for me.
0: Anyway, uh, Flats, do you have any moments that you didn't really like or you hated?
1: I think underutilized characters a little bit, you know, we introduced King Neptune who I did think it was, she was used perfectly. Um, I thought that was great, but you know, bringing in Scarlett Johansson as Mindy as this, this really, they didn't even use Sandy. So the one female character coming in um, and didn't really, she helped them, but she didn't really get to do too much. She didn't, there there wasn't really
0: two lines in the (laughs) whole movie. And I'm so upset because she is, she is my favorite character. I'm not going to lie if I have to pick a favorite, she is that Sandy. So I wrote that down too. I was yeah. like, lack of Sandy.
1: Yeah, no Sandy. Um, and then no, again, no, no Patchy the Pirate, but having these pirates in it felt weird. Cause I thought they, again, I thought something this movie did well was fan service without being, without pandering. I didn't Ooh. think they like, you know, they didn't include any of like the quote unquote catchphrases besides I'm ready. But even then they changed it a little bit to be like, I'm ready promotion. Mm -hmm. that i i thought they they made it its own thing i thought that was a big sharp to go back to that but flat was some of the things that we loved weren't there sandy
0: gary um yeah gary had that one line at the beginning and then i did laugh out loud when it was no plankton
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and even introducing these new characters alec baldwin um alec baldwin dennis like we didn't you just you knew he was hired and was kind of mean like again this is a kid's movie maybe we don't need that kind of
0: backstory or extra i just B plots i just love that they called him dennis dennis would be the bully on the playground <laughs> oh, of course
1: we all know a dennis <laughs> what about you
0: john what was <laughs> what, what what were what were the flat things for you in this movie So some of the animation I didn't really like. I'm not going to lie. Really? Yeah, there are moments where it went a little too Rin and Stimpy in my head. Um, What's an instance? Whenever their eyes bug out of their face. And they go into weird... Like Like cylindrical... (laughs) Not cylindrical, but like uh, parabolas, if you will. Because they're still attached to the, the face, but there's a curve going around and they would just jut out and look at something that i know that, I, I don't know if that's a staple from the show as well but that there's moments like that or that for 2004 seemed so maybe a little dated yes and then i don't know it was a little weird where there were some moments where it went anime and i was like you didn't go enough anime I'm with you. I think there's a couple things that they
1: like, they, they dip their toe in that they could have gone all in on for like, even the music in particular, they could have gone all in on it. And they they didn't. So I'm with you on that.
0: There's also some sort of a feeling that it was three episodes strung together. I don't know if they meant this to be a TV movie at first. Mm. Or if it was through like an arc that they then were like, let's smash it together. You know what? I don't think that's really a flat if I now, now that, now that I'm thinking about it. But like, just, just wanted to mention that to you, where it did feel a little episodic for I being a uh, feature. And then I don't really like the real pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. They're part of the show and everything. But like, I kind of agree with you. Just have Patchy, have the pirate that's part of the show. Don't have these extra pirates that I don't really care about. Bringing t- getting tickets to go see Spongebob the movie. Yeah.
1: Especially in the beginning, even watching this again, I was like, did I click the wrong movie? And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this.
0: Is there any songs? I mean, I know that there's only like three songs in the movie, but would you add them to your life's playlist? I think I'm a Goofy Goober Rock is great.
1: <laughs> it's a story of self-acceptance and,
0: you know, owning that you're a badass kid sure yeah i mean not the fact that it it is exactly i want to (laughs) rock but with spongebob lyrics uh some of it
1: doesn't scan at all and it's great i love
0: it a question that i don't have on my outline that i sometimes ask people who would you play in the movie in this in this movie who would you want to play and in this case i guess voice yeah unless you wanted to be the um deep sea diver
1: or David Hasselhoff.
0: Or David Hasselhoff.
1: I mean, it's gotta be SpongeBob. It's gotta be. It was such a joke in college. People would call me SpongeBob a lot. I <laughs> I, I wanna say I don't know why, but I kinda do.
0: You are um, wearing that Spongebob t-shirt. I am right wearing now. this shirt.
1: I do have a very resonant voice. <laughs> but I just I think I mean SpongeBob is so uniquely himself and he I think there's again, so when I was auditioning for that show I just there's there's for the musical there's something so fun about playing a character that just finds the hope and the joy in everything and is also funny and like is the underdog but like brings the joy and the best in other people I think there's just something so I understand why I loved it as a kid it just it, it filled me with joy.
0: Were they looking for you to do the voice or to do your own interpretation of the voice?
1: Um, own interpretation. I did, I did try to do the, um, the, hang on. Nah. Can't do that. I, that wasn't great. But I tried to do that.
0: Close enough. Close we'll, enough. we'll allow it for the podcast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: clipped every, every line here.
0: That's fine. Uh, what about you? Who would you be? Oh, shit. You know what? I have a little thing uh, with M- Mr. Krabs, like, made me giggle a lot in this movie. <laughs> especially when they're like why did you want to put build the crust uh crusty crab 2 right next to the first restaurant and he just goes i like money i was just like that's it that's me that's (laughs) i get it
1: absolutely and I, i do just one last point i do think that like the opening you know the first meeting of all these characters who anybody who's going to see this movie is very familiar with and very like has a very specific idea of what these characters are. Like still in a movie. You're meeting a character for the first time and you're meeting Mr. Krabs. And this first line is, hello, I like money.
0: Yeah. And you're just like, great. I get you.
1: Yeah. And you're meeting Squidward in the shower and SpongeBob is, which was weird to me when I watched that again,
0: but they do weird shit like that in the series. Totally. You know what? I'm going to revise because you know, now thinking about it, Mr. Krabs only has like a few lines, I want to be Plankton. I want to be a little evil. Ooh. You know, just... (laughs) Just uh, his last line where he's, like, saying, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I will dominate you someday! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's between, like, you know, beginning Mr. Krabs or all of Plankton. How's that? You know,
1: when we're younger, we all think that Squidward's just cranky and needs to to live a little, and then more and more we all understand, we, we understand him. him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I don't play the clarinet or have a second set of legs, but yeah, I get him. I get him a lot more. Uh, D speeds we're done. We we're did done. it. Done. We did it. We did an episode.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, I'm not going to thank you for making me watch this movie. Well, thanks for <laughs> watching
1: it for me
0: or Twice. with me hey I didn't tell you to do it twice that was all you okay, I'm proving my, my you know respect for this podcast uh, do you have anything you want to plug promote talk about follow me
1: on Instagram at
0: dspeeds23
1: uh, hopefully I'll have something else better to pitch soon but uh, and then now, the, does, the, oh the mixology, yeah yeah um, I, I work for uh, a master of wine right now and I'm, I'm learning a lot about the world of fine wine. So uh, I, have a, I have an Instagram account where I pair fast food and wine. It's called McSommelier. Follow me there for <laughs> pairings such as the McRib and a Argentinian natural
0: wine. What is, what is this one about hot dogs? Oh, the yeah. What's Hot Ripper. It's a fried hot dog with rosé prosecco. <laughs> delicious oh uh, and you have K- KFC is that champagne oh yeah
1: KFC champagne because um, champagne goes through a process called autolysis where it is stirred on the leaves the dead yeast and gives it a yeasty bready flavor it goes very nicely with the fried breading
0: and you know I'm not going to lie to you guys they he has like the good food porn angles going so definitely check it out <laughs> if you want if you want to chuckle oh the grilled cheese and uh yes if i drank i would totally down that bottle of wine with it with grilled cheese <laughs> just have the grilled cheese come on we just all need have a good it. grilled cheese <laughs> uh if you want to follow this podcast um we're on facebook instagram and twitter at buttersongpod, and if you want to email me about how much of them, an, of an I'm an idiot for not liking this movie. You can, I'll read it. I'll retweet uh, it. <laughs> you can also email me at butasongpod at gmail.com uh, Write in with what you think. You know, do you want to? Did I miss something? Did we miss like your favorite moment in the movie? We did talk about certain things, but not about everything. Or do you feel like that this song, this movie is not musical in any means? I like opinions bring it up and on the next episode uh, if you want to like catch up we're going to be talking about Riverdale chapter 74 wicked little town oh no oh yes is that the Heather's episode that's the um this is the Hedwig and the Angry Inch episode oh my goodness yep who picked that I did. <laughs> oh. My my. I don't like. I don't like SpongeBob. I like Riverdale. I don't understand you either. <laughs> don't judge me. Well, it's
1: been fun.
0: <laughs> Sweets, you're going to have to come back on another episode. Alright, if, if you
1: insist.
0: <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye for Bye. now. Bye.